Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. You're back here with Brad and Ray, preparing for game four today. Games one, two, and three didn't quite go the way we expected, but a big rebound in game three has put us right back on the map. So how you doing today, Ray? Hanging in there uh, with bated breath. Uh, game four, a little bit of an early start on a Saturday afternoon, uh, even more so for us uh, folk out west and stuff at two o'clock in the afternoon to uh, settle in to watch hockey. I mean, look, there's never a bad time to watch hockey. Let's make that perfectly clear, even more so when it's your beloved hurry. Hurricanes, but uh, nonetheless, um, y- you know what? Bated breath indeed, because this is a series that both you and I said it was going to be knock down, drag out, fantastic hockey, full effort, yo- yeoman's work. I mean, throw every cliche at this. This has been a great series, and uh, I- I'm looking forward to to that. But we're also looking around the league too and seeing some some good series and surprising surprising results as well. Absolutely. We also have a special guest joining us today. Paul will be in studio with us in just a few minutes. We kind of said, I think both of us agree, this is going seven games. A little bit different. So to paraphrase, you know, it's not a series until somebody wins on home ice, which has not happened yet. I think the Hurricanes are going to take this today in game four and go back to Raleigh 2-2, which is the position you want to be in. 100%. I don't feel like they're behind the eight ball. Just a slow start. Uh, a slow start uh, th- with the injuries. That's the that's the big thing right now. And uh, I, I know it coming ahead with no Nino. Uh, and I think there's a game time decision for Vinny and uh, Mr. Fogel. And so uh, seeing Fogel go down in game three with that hit, that was totally legal and so forth. But you could see his shoulder kind of crumple underneath him with the hit. I was like, wow, it doesn't look like that big of a hit it wasn't a, a mark shifley hit which we will get into in in later on in our in our uh, race around the league and stuff but you saw his shoulder kind of crumple there and i was like oh no that that can't be good uh and then he tries to come out again in in the third period and lasts all of 16 seconds before he get, hurts himself again so we want fogel to have a swift recovery uh but uh but coach rod he says uh, it's kind of a game time decision so i don't know if that's gamemanship on his part to kind of keep Tampa off off kilter or what. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Like you said, Trocek made the trip, which at first I thought this is just a leader being a leader. Uh, initially, we thought the injury might be more severe. Now he's a game-time decision. It would be wonderful to get uh, Trocek back in the lineup. However, as Rod you know, has said for the last couple of years, it's next man up. So somebody's got to yeah. step up and, and take the reins. Even even on a very uh, limited basis, having uh, Trochik on the ice, you know, if you need a, a face-off one and and Stahl has just come off the ice with, on a shift or whatever, if you need him out there, like that might be maybe the time to get him, get him to win the face-off for you and get off the ice. I mean, maybe that's all you need to do. And that that's happened before where guys have to use a very limited skill uh, to protect injuries and so forth. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the way he's going, and that would be fine with me. And faceoffs is one of the places where the Hurricanes are clearly outplaying the Lightning. Uh, fifty-seven forty-three in the last game, fifty-two forty-eight game two, fifty-three forty-seven in game one. So the faceoff circle is one of the places where the Hurricanes have been kind of dominant. Power play has gone two for nine, so not terrible, not you know, but but not at the level we expected to, to be at either. So uh, and, I think and- putting the SAT line back together and helping group those guys back on the power play one might give a little more punch to that offense. The one thing that is a concern and so forth, and it's not the fact that uh, our penalty killers are not doing what they can. It's the lightning's power play is as lethal as advertised. The, some of the passes, the power play goal that they scored uh, to make it two to one in game three was simply textbook. It was a textbook tick tack toe goal that was surgical in its passing and the scoring there was it was just uh some sometimes you have to tip your cap and i certainly did then uh, much as it hurt to do so because that was just something to watch something to behold they uh they are lethal when the power when our penalty kill can keep them off the board with a power in a power play opportunity, that is something to really get behind. That's a real energizer because you shut down that lightning power play, uh, that'll bolster the guys on the bench a big, big way. So yeah. 
Absolutely, and five-on-five shutdown is going pretty well for the Hurricanes. Uh, Kucherov and Point both only have three points apiece in the series. They both were shut out in Game 2, even though Tampa won. They found some other people to pick that up. But I think overall, the five-on-five play has started to look better for the Hurricanes, especially at the very end of those last five minutes of Game 2, where Andrei Svechnikov just seemed to be like, I'm going to put something in here. And, and yeah. he was able to break through. And then that momentum kind of carried over into Game 3. The Hurricanes come out of there with an OT win. We thought it was Ajo. It ended up being Jordan Stolf with his second overtime winner of the playoffs. Uh, it, I think the record is three. I think there are two players that both have three. You know, what an achievement for them. Overtime seems to be the place where, you know, Carolina seems to want to win games. Yeah, that that's certainly the that's is certainly the case. And, uh, you know, they didn't crater. when They got out to that, you know, two-goal lead, and they were looking sharp. And then uh, when Tampa tied tied the game up, they didn't go into the tank. It was like batting down the hatches. We can get this right. I expected a goal in the third and didn't see one. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, Jordan Stahl comes up big. He's hanging around the net. And on a nice deflection from, from the shot from Ajo, like uh, Sebastian Ajo, Seabass, the man is incredible he is so quick that breakaway goal where he was accelerating away from the defenseman again i don't know how many times you need to see this guy skate away from defense to get his opportunities and uh he he beat vasilevsky clean it was a beautiful it was a beautiful goal so aho was um yeah tip the cap to him too boy oh boy was he great and i think it might have been michael smith of the canes who had tweeted out that uh teravina had not had not assisted on an Ajo goal all year and gets two last night, including that slight, de- you know, that very slight de- uh, deflection on that breakaway goal. I mean, that's just, you know, hand-eye coordination to the max. It totally is. And the Finnish connection, uh, they, they, uh, they play so well together. It's nice to see them actually connecting and being the offensive threat that we've needed them to be all season long. So the other big change, Ray, is subbing in Peter Mrazik for Ned. I, I think... I don't, I, don't, I don't want to speak for you. On my mind, Ned has not been the problem. Scoring one goal a game has been the problem. That being said, you know, Rob might have just thought, hey, the guys need to switch. He said, mentally, maybe Ned's a little, you know, a little tired. The goals he stopped were the hard goals. The goals he let in were the not-so-hard goals. Yeah. It seems to have worked, so it's, it's hard to complain about it. You know, even on Twitter, we kind of said, hey, and Rod, we trust. If he says, go with, you know, with Peter, we go with Peter. And it worked, so... I'm a happy camper. What about you? It, it did work. And and I recall you sending me the message. The first news that I had heard about making the switch, it came from you. And I immediately wrote back and, and full disclosure, I said, Ned was never the problem. He was never the problem. And there are some haters out there that looked at the bad goal, the game winning goal in game one, it was a bad goal and said, you know, what the heck is he doing in here? He's terrible. He's whatever. And they completely ignore the fact that he made point blank stops on Kucherov on breakaways and whatever that should have been goals. And somehow he kept them out. Like it's, it's funny. Hockey fans can be fickle that way. Right. When you look at your, and especially when you look at your goaltender, they, admire the five-star saves, but the second that you allow a bad goal or something that maybe probably had a better, should have stopped, they turn around and say, I could have made that save. Come on. And it's like, guys, you know what? It's not that easy. A goaltender in NHL is not that easy. And when you sent it to me, I'm like, I don't know that that's the right thing to do. And then in the very next sentence I wrote, but if this is what Rod wants to do, We'll trust him. Absolutely. And and immediately, one of the first things that they said, and all of this comes on the same day that he is nominated for a Calder trophy. Huge honor. He is, yeah, huge honor that he gets included in the list. And on that very day, he's the one that's yoinked from from the spot starting spot. And the now the announcers who were covering the game and doing color and so forth. They were very quick to point out. Rod Brindamore says this was not about pulling. It was not about pulling Ned because he was terrible. Not the issue. We were just changing things up and doing what we can. And what a joy it is to know that you can make that switch and still have grade A goaltending in in Mrazic. Like when Peter Mrazic goes in, you know you, you you've got a good netminder. Now, uh, one of the first things that I was concerned about. Everyone was uh, talking about how the Hurricanes are playing 
you know, behind in most of the games. And one of the issues that Peter has had in his past is allowing that first goal. Sometimes on the first shot, like all last season, we would look at the very first shot goes in the net and all of a sudden now you're playing from behind again. If you want to stop that, is Peter the answer? Well, we found out in game three, he absolutely was. He absolutely was because he made some magnificent saves, none bigger than right at the very end of the third when the Lightning had that 30-second shift all in the offensive zone with point-blank shots. It was it was crazy. And he made the stops and held them in long enough for us to get the win. And that's what you want. So, look, we'll probably see him in game four. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's it's fair to say he's he's the guy that's getting the nod and you want more of the same. You Absolutely. want that and, steady hand. And this harkens back. Other people have commented. We are too. You know, this goes back to that 2006 Eastern Conference quarterfinal against the Canadians. Hurricanes drop the first two home games. Everybody's in a bit of a funk. Swap out the goaltenders. Canes win the next four, which I don't think is going to happen here. Um, I think the Lightning are too good. I think this is going to go seven. But sometimes that change, you know, for the sake of exchange, we have to kind of go with what Rod had to say. But, uh, you know, goaltender is, is such an unenviable position in some ways because if you kind of look around social media, you know, Ned lost the first two games and Peter won the third. And it's like, well, and uh, sort sorry, of. guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the fact is, we have both playing like number one goaltenders. They're both made some incredible 10 bell saves, more than one in each game. Whatever works, works. I'm, you know, we're going to ride the hot hand, I'm sure, is, is Brendan Moore's plan from now on. You know, just an instant dichotomy. Like I said, I, I thought it was a mistake, but we got the win out of it. And that's really what counts, right? Yeah. And look, at, uh, just a reminder no matter how good your goaltender is, you still have to score goals to win the game. You have the best goaltender in the world. If you're not scoring, it doesn't matter. So uh, it's this is a team sport, and uh, we'll, we'll look to Peter to to show up again and be and be ready. And he and he hadn't played since May 10th. And so I'll put a question to you: Do you think there's a was maybe a chip on Peter's shoulder not getting the start against Nashville, and now he gets put into net and says, "Okay." I'm back in. This is what you've got. You've got me. Like he may not express that to his teammates, but in his own personal pride, do you think he maybe had a little thing? Okay, now it's time to show you how it's done kind of thing. And I'll give you what you need. I think absolutely. Between Peter and James, you know, you've had this kind of dynamic duo for a little while now. Both of them solid goaltenders, but, you know, not an exceptional goaltenders necessarily. Both of them can get streaky, though, and play that super hot, high level that we see out of consistent guys like Vasilevsky. Ned comes in because of the injury. After being waived at the start of the season, plays lights out. Finished number one in both save percentage and goals against for goalies who played more than 17 games. I mean, that's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Nadelkovich was, is, I mean, he had every right to that, to that starting spot. Every right to it. He did. And going back to the Peter to answer your question, Peter's got to probably be sitting on the bench thinking, you know... I put up what three shutout, three shutouts in five games or six games. This is the end of my contract year. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking for a new contract. Like that's my net, man. It kind of reminds me of the scene from the movie Miracle, where it's like, you know, we're we're going to put in the other guy in net. It's like, no, no, that's my net, man. And I do think that 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 might play into this because because Peter played lights out in Game Three. Like you said, we're expecting him for Game Four. I mean, if he plays the way he did in Game Three, the Hurricanes have a very solid opportunity, especially if the story scoring starts to get going and the power play unit starts to. to click like it did last game. You know, he he, he kind of got pushed aside there with with how good Nadelkovich played. Peter's a good goaltender, so whatever motivates him, whatever gets him to play his best, if it's having a chip on his shoulder, I'm on board. One thing that we can say, look, the, the goals that Peter allowed in game three, he had zero chance on. Zero chance. They were perfectly executed power play goals that just were amazing. No, no shot. Whereas you look at the some of the goals that... Nadelkovich allowed and what you know at least one of them was very soft and it was the game winner like sometimes he still has can still tell he's a rookie and and that and that's it so seeing Peter coming in uh, it made me question but his performance in game three was magical some of those saves wow just tremendous Ray, our special guest is here. We started talking to this person. He's a, he's a friend of a friend of mine coming to us all the way from Scotland. You know, hurricanes from afar is kind of one of the things with me being in Boston, you're in Calgary. This guy's coming to us from Scotland. Welcome Paul Lawson to the program. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. 
Oh, excellent. So want to give us like, what, what's your 30 second recap of how they played maybe in the, in the first couple of games? Is, is there any big picture things that you want to share with us? Um, nothing that you've already covered. Um, you know, I think the, the big difference between the two teams has been Vasilevsky. Hard um, to argue that. that. That's it. That's I, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and even and Rod Brindamore uh, has been, uh, for a lack of better terms, pumping the tires of Vasilevsky, calling him the greatest goaltender in the world right now, and and he's been proving it. So, Paul, you're you're a hundred percent correct on that, and, and that's the difficulty that the Hurricanes face if they want to move on. Brad and I both said getting out of this division is going to be the most difficult part of the playoffs entirely because of who we had to face you know Soros in the first round who was fantastic and then it gets even better with Vasilevsky like holy cow how do you face that it's tough well the thing is it's not just Vasilevsky you face you've you've got a Tampa team with with three very deep lines and a a fourth line that you could argue is one of the best fourth lines in the league as well but Again, it's all about matchups on the night, and Roddy seems to be doing a, a, a pretty good job of that. Again, the elite players turn up elite when they need to, and that kind of happened in the overtime one, um, with Stalls tipping off Aho's shot. But um, you know, I think this is going seven games. Um, we, do, we do too. Yeah, we just need to. We just need to find um, an answer to Vasilevsky. Hopefully, they they give him a rest. And um, they maybe have a, an easier opportunity to score goals, but again, the offense needs to step up a bit, step up a bit more than it has in the, the first couple of games. And um, the, the disadvantage I've got is being in Scotland. I tend not to be able to watch games live. I have to watch the uh, the eight nine minute um, highlights the the next morning when I'm having my breakfast. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the game that I don't get to see unless I read about it on social media. And then I've, I've got questions to ask and then people send like gifts and videos and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that Holla did in the, the first round that I didn't know anything about because obviously they don't show that kind of stuff on the, the NHL highlights. So again, getting, getting these um, videos sent to me, it's like, whoa, okay, didn't know anything about that. And that's... That's an interesting perspective. I obviously with the internet and, and the way the communications go now, you know, you can find things online, but full games legally finding them online can still be hard to do. Um, it's interesting that you kind of mentioned the highlights and then what people can kind of find for you, which takes me back to maybe the bigger question is: so, how does a guy from Scotland become a Hurricanes fan? I've been a hockey fan for a long, long time. Um, I uh, I'm actually uh, an off ice official for our local. Elite uh, ice hockey team here uh, uh, called the Five Flyers. Uh, sorry, Five Flyers. Um, they're the oldest team in the United Kingdom. Wow. Uh, there's only six teams in the NHL who are older. If you could hazard a guess at who those guys are, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Been going to see the Five Flyers since the, the early nineties. Um, go to the Five Flyers. You got an interest in ice hockey, and um, I picked up a game and. 1993, I think, maybe 1992, NHLPA 92 on the Sega Mega Drive, I think. Uh, your platform was the, the Genesis. And, um, you know, I had to pick a team. And my grandfather, he had a brother who'd emigrated to, to Hartford uh, back in the 70s. So you choose a team. And uh, I kind of looked at having something that was a bit more um, out of the way than picking the likes of Chicago or Montreal or Toronto or the Rangers. Um, so the Hartford Whalers was a, was an easy fit for me. Um, and they had like the coolest logo ever and any sports franchise ever. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So I, I started following the Hartford Whalers back in the, the maybe 93, 94. Uh, and when they upsticked and moved and rebranded. That stuck with the franchise. And a lot of my friends gave me a lot of stick uh, because the Hurricanes were the worst team in the league for what seemed to be a long, long time. But again, you kind of stay loyal um, to, to your team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's proven uh, dividends for me. Um, and a whole 
It's funny because the, the people that I've talked to who are Hurricanes fans away from North Carolina kind of have similar stories in that, you know, it's easy to pull for the Rangers or like the early Islanders or the 80s Oilers or those teams. But, you know, here's scrappy Hartford who then relocates, which, you know, is, is a story unto itself. And you're right. They they weren't great those first years. They, they you know, had a little bit of success, but, you know, they're, they're not at the top of the league, but people stick with them. And even more difficult, the fact that you're doing it from overseas is one thing, you know, to follow a team that's, uh, you know, far off when you're living on the same continent, but you're, you being in Scotland and to stick with the team the way you have and supported it. That's just, that's just incredible. I love it. And, and uh, even better is the fact that and makes me very jealous of you. I'm going to preempt what I'm about to say. It makes me ridiculously jealous that you've put on skates and sat in locker room with some of the people that I cheered on very vociferously and loved to death, even to this day. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your involvement? How, how did you get in on the alumni games that you were a part of? Because look, uh, I'm just super jealous and I need to hear the story through and through. Well, what would tell anybody if 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 you play hockey at any level um, and you you want to to play an alumni game, just do it. And it, it is something that I never envisaged would be as cool as it was. Um, it was a bit different for me than probably anybody else in in uh, North America because I was the first like foreign um, participant. They kind of made a, a really big deal about it, and um, they, they embraced it. And uh, I, I got a lot of um, a lot of airtime and, and and publicity that I, I didn't necessarily want. I was I was just coming out to, to meet some of my heroes, but um, you know they literally made me feel like a superstar. You, you would not believe, but a, a lot of the guys who like me were paying to play. Um, Really good guys. You go in the locker room and, and, and stuff like that. You meet these guys. You start telling stories about, I mean, how I became a, a, a Whalers fan and then a Hurricanes fan. And, and they love it. And they tell you stories about, like, their hockey and history and stuff like that. And uh, I, I've made a lot of incredible friends. Um, well, e- even before um, uh, the alumni games um, from North Carolina, that will be friends for the rest of my life. The first alumni game event was the fourth alumni game in 2015. My wife and I had gotten married in the September of 2014. We'd, we'd had a really big fancy wedding at this big Scottish castle in the high, Highlands and everything like that. We had a, a massive honeymoon and uh, the, the, the money cupboards were pretty bare. And it was one night just before we were heading to bed that I saw a Facebook post from the Hurricanes advertising the, the alumni game. And I just mentioned it to my wife. I was like, oh, you know, since the first one, I've always wanted to do that, but I've never had the opportunity. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, you, you should go and do it. And I'm like, nah, it's, it's way too expensive. It's like, I think at the time it was like 3,000 US dollars. But it's not just that for for me. It's like I've got to pay flights and accommodation and everything like that as well. So I'm spending money and, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to be cheap. But, you know, my wife had said, look, if that's what you want to do, um, if you can find a way to do it, do it because I want you to be happy and like that just be absolutely amazing to see you do it. So, you know, I, I started making inquiries. Um, uh, I emailed um, Shane Willis, who's the, the amateur and youth development coordinator with the, with the Hurricanes. Um, again, an ex-Canes player, called him up, spoke with him, said, you know, I'll need to look and see if I could really afford to do this. Um, so the time of the year it was, I think it was March. So the flights were cheaper than they would be if they were like summer. You know, I had to take out a bank loan to do it. So I did it, signed up for the event uh, about six weeks in advance, hit up a couple of friends who uh, I'd, I'd made friends with on, on message boards and forums and, and whatnot. And my friend John, who who stays a couple of hours outside of Raleigh in Winterville, he had friends who I'd actually tailgated with when we were over in Florida in 2011. My father-in-law, my brother-in-law and I flew up to North Carolina for the home opener against the Tampa Bay Lightning oh. uh, in 
in the eleven season. So we tailgated in the parking lot then. You know, we, we had a great time, met a lot of friends. Uh, actually bumped into Jeff O'Neill, who was just walking around the, the parking lot, shaking hands, taking photos, kissing babies, you know. Yeah, before he was um, embarrassed to be an alumni of the Hurricanes. He was he was pretty cool, actually. Um, told him I was from Scotland, and he was like, oh, that's badass. Got my photo taken with him. He hung out for a, a few minutes and then moved on to the next uh, the next gazebo and it was a, an unreal experience. So one of the one of the couples who were at that tailgate who uh, I hadn't been in touch with since were your friends, uh, Brad and um, Brad and Sean. They they said they would be happy to host me to save me money on accommodation and everything like that when I came over. Even that in itself is fantastic to me to have people that you'd only known for like a couple of hours and you've. You've, you've had drinks with and food with in the parking lot of the then RBC Centre, say, yeah, you can come and stay with us for a few days. And to me, that's that's unbelievable and I'll, I'll be forever grateful to them. So I arranged that. I've got my flights organised. I, I, I arranged with Shane Willis to, to, to play in the alumni game. So that, that, that was awesome, um, you know, to pull all that together. I flew over myself. Edinburgh to Heathrow and then Heathrow to, to, to Raleigh Durham. Yeah, I know they're two different cities before you, you give me abuse <laughs> for that. Um, so I flew into RDU. Brad picked me up from the airport, took me back to his. His wife, Sean, came back from, from her work. Uh, and then we went to the uh, the backyard bistro for food that night just so we could take me by the arena. The guy who served us in the, the backyard bistro had noticed that I didn't have a local accent. And I asked why I was in, in Raleigh of all places. And I explained that I was playing an alumni game. And he's like, oh, I'm playing an alumni game too. Oh, no way. So we, we kind of had it off, added each other on Facebook. And I, he turned out he was on, on my team as well. So the next morning, my friend John had come through from Winterville, picked me up and took me down to the arena to meet Shane. Uh, Shane introduced me to uh, a young lady called Colleen Hamilton who was doing some online content for the Hurricanes. She'd said, look, because this is a kind of unique thing for us, we'd, we'd like to sit down with you, do an interview and, um, you know, take it from there. And I was like, yep, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Shane, Shane had actually asked, like, what are you looking forward to the most and, and everything like that. And I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing guy and I, I don't get starstruck or anything like that. And he said, oh, so I know that Roddy's one of your heroes. So you, are you excited to play with him or against him? Or, and I'm like, either or, I'm, I'm, I'm not really fussy, to be honest. You know, I'm going to meet the guy, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some stuff and everything like that. And um, I'm quite happy with that. And he goes, oh, so you excited about meeting one of your heroes? And I'm like, you know, he's just uh, he's just better at hockey than me. I don't get excited when the, the mailman comes. So he's just got a different vocation. And he's like, he's like I like that take. Um, so I think the following night was, was the launch for uh, which team you were going to be on, whether it was going to be red or white. Uh, I was selected to the white team. I had, um try to think who I had on my team, Keynes of the past. So I had Rod on my team. I had Steve Smith, Nick Walleen. Stu Grimson, Steve Rice, can't remember. There's one more. Can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, you know what? I saw I saw one of the interviews that they did with you in the dressing room. I know who is in there, and you actually gave him a little. You you needled him a little bit. You were ready to go with Aaron Ward. Oh yeah, Aaron um, Ward. That's the I didn't mean- clip I want to see is you and Wardo in the corner, like you promised. <laughs> I. Uh- what Wardo wasn't at the um, the jersey launch. Um, he he was there on the Saturday for the little night scrimmage that we had, um, like sort of practice. And again, really really nice guy. Followed him on Twitter for a long time. Fast forward to the the game day on the on the Sunday. You know, I've I've decided that I'm going to wear my full kilt and everything like that. The, the whole regalia. You know, it's a special occasion, so why not? So it walks into the walks into the, the, the Kane's room and I was, I think I was the first person in, I was in pretty early doors, so I'm carrying my kit bag in and uh, Shane had said, oh you're sitting over there and I was like practically right in the centre of the room, so uh, I'm walking over and all our jerseys were hanging up in the stalls and I'm walking up and I see my loss in 90 jersey and I was like, wow that, that, this, this is where it starts to get real now, I'm like 
my heart started beating faster and I was like, oh, I can't wait to do this now. So then everybody else is coming in and we go out for the, the pre-game skate and I've got buddies in the, in the crowd and I'd, I'd brought them over five Flyers jerseys and everything. So they were in their five Flyers jerseys in the crowd. Nice. So they were like pretty, pretty recognisable and everything like that. And so, you know, that's a bit of a thrill to, to go out and see that. Um, gets back into the room and uh, John Forslund's kind of going around doing little mini interviews, getting little takes and everything for his commentary and, and whatnot. Another really, really nice guy. Um, so we're, we're about to get announced on the ice and everybody's getting announced on numerically. I mean, I think I was the last non-alumni player uh, to step on the ice. So behind me, I've got, I've got Aaron Ward and Steve Smith and everybody's getting announced on the ice. So we're kind of in a queue waiting to go down the, go down the tunnel into, uh, into the arena. And I've got Steve Smith, who, who was Scottish as well. By the way, I don't know if you know that he uh, he was born in Glasgow, uh, but raised in raised in Alberta. We we had a little bit of a, a talk about the old country and everything. And uh, Wardo's talking about golf and everything like that. And just as we're about to step on ice, and then just as I'm about to step on ice, he's like, "Don't face plant, dude." So uh, <laughs> I, I managed to stay upright, got on the ice, um, and then all the alumni guys are announced on we played a played a, the first period and I, I think it was the first period that I scored and I, I really can't remember it was a, a bit of a blur to be honest but I, I didn't actually score how I thought I'd scored I, I thought um, Stu Grimson had went in the corner and he'd fired the puck in on net playing centre so I'm driving the net hard I've got Wardle hooking me under the arm the whole way of course so, he is so I'm going in I've thought I've tipped the puck in off my stick. And as I've done that, I've went in behind uh, um, Marshall, who, who was in goal. But the puck's actually come over his shoulder between his head and the, the, the crossbar, and it's hit me in the arm and dropped in. <laughs> so here's me thinking I scored off a tip in, but I didn't. So we, we get sent to the, the locker room and Chantel McCabe's coming around and um, doing little bits of uh, uh, media stuff. And, and she's asking me about this uh, this goal. Did you score it? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've scored it. And Wardo's sitting over to my left and I've got Stu Grimson sitting over to my right. And both of them are trying to chirp me during this little segue that we're doing. <laughs> so Wardo's giving it the, oh, that was goalie interference. So, you know, I felt, you know, these guys have earned millions of dollars. Surely they can take a a bit of stick from a from a guy from Scotland. So, you know, I, I gave him some back. I told him, you know, don't go in the corners because I'm coming after you. Um, <laughs> that was a great was line. Like, that was a great was, line. I loved he, it. He was like, oh, please, please do. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd actually been warned um, the night before um, from Shane to uh, maybe tone down the physicality a bit because uh, I like to play a bit of a, a hard-edged game. So he's like, you know, we love it. But a lot of the guys who haven't played at a level, um, they don't love it. So, you know, just uh, take it easy out there. He didn't want so, you hurting any of those old guys. That's right. <laughs> that's uh, all. <laughs> oh, Shane was the other guy who was who was on the team. That's who I forgot. He was actually on our team. So, you know, it goes back out. And funnily enough, Wardle didn't come anywhere near me the rest of the game. <laughs> there you go. They heeded um, the warning. But um you know that, that whole thing was great. Um like from, from start to finish. The, the the job that Shane Willis does for the whole Keynes community and foundation, putting that on, arranging these guys to come in. I mean, honestly, I know I was treated a little bit differently because because I'd come from uh, overseas, but all the guys that were there, like the guys on the other team, Jesse Bolleris, Sergei Samsonov, all these guys were absolutely brilliant with us and interacting with us. They, they were signing player cards, they were signing jerseys, talking with us. Like I, like I said earlier on, if, if even if you play beer league and, and you've thought about doing this event, do it. Because honestly, it is one of the greatest things I've ever done 
the money's for a good cause. And, and like you said, it's the experience is going to be invaluable. You can't put a dollar amount on sitting there. Stu Grimson was one of my favorite players. I was there at Green Acres in 97 when Stu was on the team. I, I will have to say, if I'm in that alumni game, I, I got to probably trip Stu and be like, hey, like, you want to like fake drop the gloves with me? <laughs> and, then, oh, and, then, and then I'm going to run. <laughs> Gone. I, uh, You're not messing with the Grim Reaper that way. But No, I, you don't I, mess I, with the Reaper. I, I tried to ask Jesse Boris to go with me, but he, he just laughed and smiled, gave me a little yeah. wink. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I got to tell you, you, you explained how it's the greatest experience and, and do it. Just the way you laid everything out. I'm not going to lie. You were, you were describing your heart starting to race when you see your jersey lined up along the locker room and stuff like that. I got goosebumps with you just explaining that yourself. You know what I mean? So to, to have that experience and feel that by proxy through your description, you know it's real. Like you know that that type of opportunity just doesn't come along. And big shout out to your wife who clearly loves you dearly because anyone who is just going to say, go do it, experience, you want to do this? That is that is true love. So big kudos to your wife because wow, you getting an opportunity to do that. Wow. And, wow. And you alluded to the jersey hanging up. I don't know if people heard it, but th- there was a special jersey number that you have that you were the first. Somebody more yes. famous has it now, but you were the first. You want to talk about number 90? Yeah, sure. Go for it. So Paul Lawson, folks, the original number 90 for the Hurricanes. David Ayers, we love you. It's your number now. But just to be fair, Paul wore it. Was it both games, Paul? Yeah, both games. So they're the only number I've ever worn. He was the OG ninety. That's right. We 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 love we love David Ayers, but, uh, but Paul, yeah, that that number is yours first. I don't know why they I, didn't uh, raise it to the raise it to the rafters for you. I woke up the morning after the David Ayers game, and my social media notifications was on fire. Like you would not believe Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, you, you you name it, and I'm trying to go through everything like that, and I'm like trying to, I'm like, why why is there why is there someone wearing number ninety playing playing for the Hurricanes? We don't have anybody on the roster. This is before I even got to watching the highlights, and like obviously I didn't know that uh, Marazic and and Reimer had both went down injured in the same game. What a fantastic story for David Ayers. I mean. If that had happened the year before, I would have tried my damnedest to, to meet up with him in Toronto in, in 2019 because uh, we, we were over visiting friends just up near Barry, about, I don't know, about 100 kilometres north of Toronto. Genuinely could not have been happier to see the number that I've worn, finally worn on NHL ice for the team that, 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 that I love so much. That's it's just a fantastic story uh, on both on both sides of it. I I love your involvement. I love your your passion for the team. The fact that you follow it. The fact that you follow it the way you do. And 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 now and thankfully this afternoon because uh, you know we're headed we're headed into game four. It's actually. Uh, at a time where you you might be able to enjoy it a little bit easier and get more sleep, they're playing much earlier than normal. Uh, I think maybe they're doing this for you, so you can watch the game at a more reasonable time. Well, I I, I don't know about that. I uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm part of a group on Twitter, um, um Kane's Tailgate Group, um, just a bunch of guys who have been doing like a virtual Zoom call tailgate whilst all these restrictions have been in place. So. And there's a lot of guys and girls from Raleigh and even out to like Charlotte. There's some some folks from uh, Virginia and then there's some overseas folks like myself. And there's a, a young lady from Finland and, um, and a guy from Australia. So we all try and get together for these virtual tailgates. These guys have banned me from watching games live because when I, at the start of the season, I was watching games live and, and, we, and I think I was... Uh, 10 for 10 and then after that the it, it just it just flipped and every game that I've watched live since we've lost Ooh. so the guys on uh, the the Canes virtual tailgate have uh, suggested rather than actually banned me from not watching the games live so I watched game one of the series against Tampa live and decided yeah I think I should stop watching games live. 
superstition can be a powerful thing i'm totally with you i understand it i feel it Uh, like yeah you know what just met but uh, you know what uh the the storm seller is banning you from watching the rest of the series as well how's that i mean you you just find something else to do (laughs) yeah i'm i'm okay with that i've got a i've got a bookshelf full of whiskey um so i'll be be, (laughs) there you go I'll, i'll treat myself to that later on and well, you should. And well, you yeah. should, because you've made our show that uh, a celebratory drink. And uh, if it was a little bit later in the day, I'd be having a celebratory drink with you because uh, it's it's only 1030 here Mimosa in Calgary. <laughs> Mimosas <laughs> and hockey for Calgary today. Because <laughs> you have what, Ray? Is it, it's a two o'clock start time for you? Is that Yeah, right? two, two, two o'clock start time. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's always been easier for me to catch games, uh, you know, because uh, being out West, you, the games happen a little bit earlier and stuff. So that's always nice. And for you, uh, you know, wow, two o'clock in the morning to watch most games is uh, is tough. It's true devotion, though. And the fact that you're catching the highlights Still, that's uh, that's great. That's what yep. that's what we want. That's what we want from the fans and our guests, and uh, just sharing the sharing the love, sharing yep. the love for a great team. Two weeks ago, we had on uh, Finnish Kaniac Laura Wheeler, who I don't know if she's the person from Finland that's part of your group, but that's what she was saying was when she moved to Finland. One of the things that kind of you know kept her uh, you know energized and engaged was you know one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, Hurricanes game comes on, and she's she's watching it you know through the through the winter. So. Yeah, our, our friend Kertu, uh, she's she goes to bed early, gets up in time for for the Canes game, and then goes back to bed again. Uh, I don't I don't think go. I could I don't think I could do that. Man, that's so, devotion. That's yeah, yeah that's that's serious devotion. Sure. You betcha. I've always looked at Finland and Finnish players as uh, Canada light. I love the way they play the game, and having them on having them on the Hurricanes roster uh, makes me smile. I if I can't cheer for Canada in international games, I'm cheering for Finland because man, I, I love the I love the way they play. I love the way they play, what they do for the game. Paul, it's been so great to have you as part of this podcast. This has been fantastic. It's exactly what we wanted. I am eternally jealous of you for being in that in that dressing room, but. I'm so thankful that you're willing to join us here and share the story because it uh, it gave me goosebumps. I know it'll give all of the Hurricane fans goosebumps just knowing that you were in there sitting beside Rod, who even came over, give you a little nudge in some of those interviews too. I mean, how do you how do you top that? You just can't. You know what? I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start working on my wife to see if she can't get me involved in the alumni game as well because man, that'll be just too much. Too much fun. It's been great having you on. It's been great uh, coming on. Um, it's, uh, I've actually listened to the last few uh, podcasts as well. The guys are doing a great job. Um, so keep it up and uh, hopefully have me back on again sometime soon. Absolutely. Uh, so We uh, can totally make you a regular. No question. Brad, yeah, I mean Paul, that goes without saying. I, I think, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down. I, you know, we're we're just starting out and we're we're learning as we go. Um, we've gotten some excellent feedback from um, our mutual friend Brad, who he and I worked together for like ten years. Great people. I'm not at all surprised that Brad and Sean opened their home to you just from knowing you from Telgate because they're just those kind of people and those kind of Canes fans. I mean, they're they're the I, uh, exact demographic that we're going for with this show. I mean, I I came back home and um, I, I I said to my wife like, I mean. I didn't have to put my hand in my pocket the entire five days that I was I was over, um, and uh, and, and it wasn't just uh, Brad and Sean. It was their friends Paul and Lisa, my friend uh, John and his wife Alice. It's like anytime we we went anywhere, it's like no, no, we've got this, and I'm like no, guys, I've I've got money. Let me treat you. You've opened your home up, and it's like no, no, we've we've got this. I mean, I haven't even touched on the the, the second trip over when. Uh, I came over to do the the second alumni game, uh, and I brought my wife and my son over, and and that that was different, um, uh, but it was better because I was able to share so much with them, especially with my son. But like, I, I'll tell those stories at another time. I would say, see, now uh, we have to have you on because we have to. There's talk no about the question. Part I mean, two. There we go. I'll, I'll, Part two. I'll tell you a quick. I'll tell you a quick uh, a quick story now about that that first alumni game. So after the alumni game, they have like a, a an after party. So um, you're allowed to bring guests in. So I was jonesing for extra tickets because only give you four tickets. So you know I, I need tickets for Brad and Sean 
and Paul and Lisa and then my, my friend John, Alice, their two kids wanted to come as well. John and Alice are the people that I've known the longest from North Carolina. And then I was able to get extra tickets from from other guys uh, who, who only had like a couple of people coming. So I was able to get everybody in uh, that, that wanted to get in. And uh, so we're all sort of mingling with, with guests, you know, the, 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 the ex-players and everything like that. I had Glenn Wesley standing talking to me. So that, that time that I came up in 2011, right, I, uh, we're flying down, back down to Orlando the next morning, um, my, my father-in-law and brother-in-law, and I'm sitting there in the airport and I'm saying to my father-in-law, who, who knows nothing about ice hockey, and I'm saying, is that Glenn Wesley over there? And, and he's like, you know, who's, who's Glenn Wesley? And I was like, <laughs> Stanley Cup winning an alternate captain for the Hurricanes. And he's like, I have no idea. And I was like, is it? And I was, I, I just bought myself a, one of the new black um, it was like the first edition black jerseys. Yeah. But with a big logo in the front, not the twin. Uh, not the twin flags, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, will I go over? Won't I? Will I? Won't I? And I had Glenn as a friend on Facebook. And, I, you know, I don't know the protocol for these kind of things. Like, do these guys like to keep themselves to themselves when when they're, like, off duty, so to speak? Like, my, my father-in-law said to me, he goes, you know, when are you going to have this opportunity again? If, if it's him, go and say hello. If it's not, you've made the mistake, end of story. So I, I walks over and I was like, um, Glenn, he stands up and he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my name's Paul Lawson from Scotland. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And we, we got talking and um, really nice guy, got my photo taken with him. And, and this is at like 5.30 in the morning at RDU. Oh, uh, wow. So he, he was flying down to Orlando to play golf um, with some friends down there. Um, so we, we talked for about 10 minutes like an absolute diamond of a guy really 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 nice guy e- even when I we got off the plane at the other end um, I was waiting outside the bathroom for my my father-in-law and brother-in-law Glenn then walks past he taps him on the shoulder and he's like nice meeting you bud uh, I hope I see you again and I'm like wow like I mean he didn't need to do that he could have just gone on about his business but Again, what a guy. So anyway, back to the the after party. We're standing talking. So I've got the full kill and everything on. And uh, and his wife, Barb, comes over. And she's like, um, oh, hi, Paul. Glenn's told me so much about you. Um, blah, 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 blah. Glenn was like, uh, oh, I'm just going to head to the bar to get myself a beer. And Barb goes, no, 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 no. You want your photo taken with Paul. So I'm going to take your photo. So... He's ha- asking to get his photo taken with me. Oh, my. So, there you go. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> no way, man. That, that didn't just happen. So I said to him, like, you know, you have to put that photo up on Facebook and, and, and tag me in it and everything like that. So he, he did. And, uh, you know, I, I got to meet his youngest son, uh, Matthew. What a lovely family they are, like, genuinely brand new. So I, I walks over to the other other side where other friends were, and they were standing talking to the, the Grim Reaper, and uh, <laughs> they're standing talking. And, and Stuart asked me if I knew this guy who was his roommate in uh, college, um, who'd played over in the UK uh, years and years ago, and I did. And I've now uh, an assistant coach at one of the elite league teams, and. Uh, because of the job that I do, I have to speak to the coaches, assistant coaches, and everything like that. And um, when I'm when I'm working with the Five Flyers, uh, so when, when I when I met this guy, uh, I told him the story, and he's like, "Oh, like Stu's such a good guy." I was like, "Well, he absolutely loves you and all the rest of it." But I'd, I'd said to Stu that I'd, I'd heard that this guy wasn't too nice and he's quite arrogant, and, and uh, so my friends had said, oh, "You can't say that about Stu's friend," and I'm like. Oh, it's Stu's friend. It's not my friend. So I can I can say anything I want. And uh, and Stu had said, all I'm really worried about right now, Paul, is that I know that there's nothing between us under that layer of wool. <laughs> and uh, and I said, look, nobody wants to hear about the Loch Ness monster, Stu. <laughs> And, and he absolutely went into hysterics. There was tears streaming out the man's eyes. And again, that's one of these things I'll, I'll, I'll take with me to the grave. You know, oh. uh, like I had Stu Grimson in hysterics. That will do for me. That, yeah, that would do for anyone. Oh, my goodness. 
that is an image Fantastic. for sure. Because that's when you think Stu Grimson, that's not what you think of at all. But man, that is a priceless story. That's that's a one. That's just wonderful. I was sitting on the bench during the alumni game. I was sitting next to Steve Rice. He says to me, like, Stu was brilliant to play with. He says, you'd just be sitting there in the Hartford days and you'd look over and Stu's leaned over and he's put his gloves down in between his skates. And next thing he's reaching up and he's taking off his elbow guards. And the next thing they're getting tucked underneath the bench and he's picking up his gloves again. And he's like, yeah, I know what's going to happen now. And then yeah. Stu Grimson yep. would be out and, you know, the good old fiddler's elbow is going. Yeah, the ne- the next the next shift he's chucking knuckles, right? Like yeah. that's you know, you're sitting next to a guy who was drafted in the first round and he's telling you stories about another guy that he played with. Again, I genuinely can't tell you guys the, the time that these guys spent and the stories they told us. They understand the, the love that, that that we as as participants paying all this money for charity is worth every cent. And I can't vocalize how much it was worth it. Every cent was worth it. You probably feel was, like you didn't pay enough. Well, that that's, yeah, that, that's the thing that I, I, I've got stories that I could tell to anybody forever and a day. Um, I'm only touching on some of the stuff that, that, that happened. And you guys think that's cool. And there's, there's the stories that I haven't told you that make things even cooler. It's like oh. I genuinely cannot tell you how cool things are. Dude, if you these guys. We'll definitely have you back, and, and yeah, I want to hear more for sure. This is what life's all about. You make connections, and yeah, that, that cross paths again. So, like, honestly, um, uh, if I'm ever in the Calgary area, uh, Ray, you damn right, you you, um, you look me up. So my family from several generations back is from outside of Galway in Ireland. So it's my wife and I's hope that one of these days we're going to be able to make the trip over to Ireland and to the UK and, and do a little tour. So if we ever do that, we'll, I'll definitely shoot you a message or something ahead of time because yeah. um, I know we I know that some of our family came from the northern parts of England uh, or southern Scotland. We're trying to kind of nail down the area a little bit, but that's one of those trips that you know we enjoy it and really appreciate it because i've never been it's something i've always wanted to do and then sure thing. thank you so much paul for coming on with this uh your story has been a lot of fun we're going to have you back on for sure because we definitely want to hear about that second game and you have some other stories uh around hockey and and being an overseas hockey fan especially of a team like the whalers and you know now the hurricanes i think is such an awesome thing so we really appreciate you taking the time out uh, here on a game day no less to uh, to talk to us thanks for having me on and uh, anytime just hit me up there's really not much more to say other than uh, go Canes. Go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone, whether you're a Kaniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97. Our podcast is on all major podcast apps, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Just search for Stormseller or find the direct links on our Facebook page. Our intro music is Year of the Exodus by Tech Warrior. You can find them on SoundCloud. Go Canes!